Hey, y'all, it's TT. And Zakia. And we know, we know, we said we weren't coming back until November 11th, but we can't wait that long. So we had to share just a little sneak peek with y'all. In our first lab of semester four, we're talking to Dr. Gail Sinatra and Dr. Barbara Hofer about their new book, Science Denial, Why It Happens and What to Do About It. Their book explores what keeps folks from having a broad understanding of science. It also offers solutions for those wondering what they can do to help curb the spread of misinformation. You can hear the whole episode on Thursday November 11th, but here's a sneak peek. We started by asking Dr. Sinatra, what is science denial? You don't see people who are very doubting and resisting science hesitating to use an iPhone or get on a plane. They're not denying physics. They're not denying the technology that goes into Wi-Fi. So it is this phenomena of selective denial, which really is driven by your motivations, your emotions. So you're picking and choosing what you like about science and what you don't like. And science doesn't work that way. That's such a good point. You know, science does not care about your feelings. It's not about our opinions or what we want to be true. It's about what the evidence suggests is our best understanding of the science at the time. Yes, it's so important to remember that science is backed up by research and evidence. For example, with masking and vaccines, scientists are doing studies to see how effective those measures are and then creating guidelines accordingly. And yes, these guidelines can change as the evidence changes, as we learn more. But we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But I think we should start with the history of science denial, TT. Let's rewind a little bit. Have we seen science denial before in different forms? And how did we get here? The history of science probably starts with science denial, doubt, and resistance. We try to trace it back to Galileo, and you think about how he was under house arrest for the beliefs that he had, how long it took for people to accept his theories. Think about Darwin. It took more than 100 years for scientists to accept fully what he was proposing in the way of evolution. So for real, it feels like science denial has been going on since the beginning of science itself. And in the last 50 years, it's become more pervasive as there's been some outside meddling. So corporations realizing that fostering some science denial could help their bottom line. It all goes back to the money. Beginning with the tobacco industry, for example, were interested in trying to deflect the idea that somehow it was cancer causing. And they hired PR firms to sow doubt. And the same companies are being used by Exxon and other corporations to make it look as though climate change isn't a certain fact. In fact, even as recently as 2010, Philip Morris has routinely argued that Marlboro Gold cigarettes actually decrease the risk of cancer. That's wild. <laughs> but that brings us to today. With a global pandemic and a steadily warming planet, it feels like people are holding their noses up at scientific evidence left and right. So this has made me ask, is there an increase in science denial? I think the difference that we see is the amplification of misinformation through social media. And that's coupled with us living in our information bubbles where we get the same information. And if it's misinformation, that same misinformation reinforced over and over again, and it becomes more credible. There's the joke that misinformation travels around the world before the truth gets up and puts its pants on. Misinformation is really compelling. It's sometimes interesting or intriguing or even funny to some people. And that gets the clicks. And as we know, the way the algorithms are shaped, that more clicks gets more attention. We've talked about algorithms on social media before. What goes viral isn't 
always true. It really helps us understand why it's so important to talk about science denial right now. So when you think about that amplification Mm -hmm. and what we know about the brain and the more you see something, the more it's reinforced and you begin to believe it. I think all that makes sense in the current context. Sometimes people who are science deniers go overboard and say, I'm just waiting for the science. Well, part of the science is assessing risk Mm -hmm. early on and even later in the pandemic was people outright saying no to masks. Like it's not going to keep you 100% safe. (laughs) Well, ma'am, if it's going to keep you 90% safe, I'm going to say that's still useful, right? And and I think that's the part that we start to see this kind of doubling down on I'm so scientific. I know 90 is less than 100. But I think you also know 90 is higher than zero. <laughs> you right. Know? It's like if you look at the forecast and it says there's a 70% chance of rain, you see that and then you're like, okay, let me take my umbrella just in case. Right. This is the same thing. You don't say I'm not going to take my umbrella because it's not a 100% chance of rain. Exactly. So why don't you apply that same logic to mass? Hmm. Okay, that's it for now. We don't want to give too much away, TT. Mm-hmm. To hear the full episode, don't forget to follow Dope Labs on Spotify and tap the bell icon so you can get notified as soon as a new episode is up. And don't forget, you can listen to Dope Labs Semester 4 for free on Spotify starting November 11th. See you soon.